Skin. It's the largest organ in the human body. It lives, breathes, and feels just like the rest of you. Its multiple layers together serve as a barrier and army against the tough and brutal outside world. Whether protecting you against the elements, injuries, or attempts to break down its door, your skin and all its components act to keep out what's never meant to come in, guarding your muscles, bones, and vital organs. Your skin is like an ecosystem, a perfect balance of organisms living on its surface, protecting you from other pathogenic invaders. But what happens when that perfect balance is disrupted, when something manages to sneak through its well-protected gates and break down its defenses? Today on our show, we talk about what happens when bacteria makes its way into the deeper layers of your skin and cause infection. Today, our patient has cellulitis, and you are the doctor. Welcome to The Internet Work, a podcast made by internal medicine residents meant to serve you better on the wards and on call. Today's episode is titled, The Skin I'm In. Cellulitis is defined as a deep, local infection involving primarily the epidermis and dermis and subcutaneous tissue. Unlike other conditions seen in medicine, cellulitis is predominantly a clinical diagnosis. For this reason, you have to know what to look for. But first, remember that any patient who comes in should be assessed for stability before moving on with your assessment. Questions you might ask are, is this patient stable? What is their GCS? Are their ABCs stable? What are their vitals? Once you've assured yourself that they are stable, then you can move forward with your assessment. When examining a patient for cellulitis, there are a few key features that set it apart from its mimickers. Cellulitis is characterized by erythema without a defined border that is often hard to delineate. It can present anywhere on the body, but most commonly presents in the lower limbs. It is hot and tender to touch, and can present with systemic features of fever, chills, and in severe cases, sepsis. It is often flat, unlike the raised, well-defined texture of erysipelas, and often takes days to develop, unlike necrotizing fasciitis, which extends rapidly. The most common offending agents causing cellulitis are group A streptococcus and staphylococcus species, such as staph aureus, both MSSA and MRSA. Whenever you approach a clinical scenario, it is important to consider your patient and their independent risk factors. Is your patient diabetic? Are they immunosuppressed? Do they have MRSA risk factors? Do they engage in intravenous drug use? These risk factors and your patient's history will help you decide which antibiotics you should treat your patient with, so it is important to gather a good history. When a patient presents with a potential cellulitis, you want to order tests that may help you gauge the severity of the condition after you've assessed them clinically. An elevated leukocyte count on a CBC will help support your diagnosis of infection. If your patient is febrile, septic, or persistently unwell, it is important to draw two sets of blood cultures to rule out a deep-seated infection causing bacteremia. If open areas of ulceration are present, or if there is any purulent drainage visible, consider getting a wound swab. Although there is a high likelihood that many contaminant organisms will grow, the presence of certain bacteria in the right clinical context, such as Pseudomonas or MRSA, may affect your antibiotic treatment. 
With regards to imaging, it is typically not helpful to help rule in cellulitis. However, it may be helpful in ruling out other conditions. You may consider an ultrasound Doppler of the limb in question if there is concern for a deep vein thrombosis, or an X-ray or CT scan to look for gas as could be seen with deeper soft tissue or even bony infections. Finally, if you are concerned that the infection may have seeded into the bone causing osteomyelitis, another imaging modality that can be used is an MRI or bone scan. If either of these tests are positive, it will often affect the duration of antibiotics required, and your patient will also have a diagnosis of osteomyelitis in addition to cellulitis. Now, moving on to treatment. Given that the most common bacterial etiologies of cellulitis are gram-positive streptococcus and staphylococcus species, the first-line treatment is a first-generation cephalosporin, such as cefazolin. We use vancomycin if there is a concern for MRSA in your patient based on their risk factors or previous MRSA positivity. If your patient is diabetic and you need more extensive gram-negative, anaerobic, or pseudomonal coverage, you can add a third-generation cephalosporin, metronidazole, or ciprofloxacin, respectively. Okay, now time for a Medicine Minute. For today's Medicine Minute, we will run through some high-yield facts about cellulitis and other soft tissue infections. Number one, it is exceptionally rare to develop bilateral cellulitis. Instead, the pigment changes seen are often secondary to venous stasis dermatitis due to hemosiderin deposits in the skin from chronic blood pooling. Number two, if the cellulitis in question is found over a joint, remember to consider whether this could be a septic arthritis and consider the need for a joint aspiration. Number three, if your patient's pain is out of proportion with the cellulitis you are seeing, remember to think of necrotizing fasciitis early on. Number four, Remember when looking at diabetic ulcers that not all of them are infected. Look for signs of infection such as erythema, purulent discharge, worsening pain, and swelling before initiating treatment. Number five, remember that necrotizing fasciitis is also a clinical diagnosis. If there's any suspicion that the infection could be neck fasci, an urgent surgical consult is required for definitive management with surgical debridement. Thank you for listening to today's episode entitled The Skin I'm In. This episode was written by Dr. Anna Svetkovich, internal medicine resident, and edited by Dr. Daniela Leto, infectious diseases, and Dr. Daniel Brandt-Vegas, internal medicine. This episode was produced by Allison Lai, sound and music production by Lakshman Vizantha Mohan. This is the internet work, and we hope to see you again soon.